Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Fellas, think we could listen to the radio or something? I can't say what I want to say because I'm mic'd up. Man, you guys didn't eat your Wheaties this morning, did you? You guys know I love donuts. Boy, I got a hundred and a hundred, don't you? Ninety-five yards. I need five yards. Hey, the start of something special right here, man. Let's go. What's up, football world? Eighty-four here. Let's get the show going, man. What's happening, guys? And welcome back into the Fantasy Football Fellas, episode three of the reunion tour. We're talking wide receiver and tight end targets and fades. I'm your host, Kyle August. You can follow me on Twitter. At Kyle Month Eight, and joining me as always, co-host here on the Fellas, it's Seth. How you doing tonight, bro? I'm doing well. I was just headbanging a little bit to the intro music because, man, I miss that. Yeah, I miss still, that music. Still gets oh, the juices going, man. It, it does. Uh, it, all it the does. memories start flowing through. It's nostalgia. Uh, it's a but, lot harder to headbang right now because I'm bald. So, um, <laughs> well, you you were wearing a wig about 15 seconds ago. <laughs> oh, let's peek behind the curtain. <laughs> well, there, you said the you wanted to talk about that. <laughs> the voice you just heard is one of one of the original. Honestly, I was trying to think back. Um, Seth, you and I both know who the first ever guest was, and I don't even know if that made air nope. to be honest. But nope. um, Chefs has definitely got to be in the first handful of guests we ever had. Um, so. Joining the fellas podcast once again, uh, he's like the czar of toilets and titles over there, but I'll let him tell you all about that. It's John coach chefs chefs. How you doing, bro, man? I'm doing great. It's funny. Yeah. Like that was awesome spending. I feel like we spent a lot of time together between you guessing on my show and me guessing on your guys show and just kind of interacting and working with each other. That was early on mm-hmm. kind of, I, I don't know if I'd call it a career, but just <laughs> when I was starting out, making fantasy football content so for you guys to come back and then ask me to come on after you've come back like i'm fired up for it yeah we definitely had to have you on you were on the list we had to have chefs join the show um i will uh, there my fun fact about chefs and uh if you're watching on youtube uh chefs has got an awesome background which is but the one thing i thought about after as soon as i hit record like damn it i should have brought it up here but i have a signed chris godwin jersey that my boy seth actually got me but the reason I had so much exposure to Chris Godwin and I fell in love with him was because you, my friend, uh, yeah. chefs, you touted him. I, that was during the draft process. So yeah. that's been fun to watch him. And every time he's, he puts up a big day, I always think of you. So fun chef's fact for you people out there. <laughs> I love to hear it, man. Cause I remember I compared him to, uh, uh Odo Beckham and, uh, like at the hands of Odo Beckham. And, and then you guys like, Everyone's like, you are crazy. Uh, I don't know if he's ever lived up to the full hype, but uh, he's a very good professional football player. Yeah. We we referred to him as Chris Godwin Sheps on the Fellas Podcast for oh, yeah. the entire time we did the show. Because um, yeah. we said, they're like, that must be John's son because he just was talking so highly about him during the draft process. And he obviously has had a, a really good career in the NFL. But um, I'd like the la- for, you know, for the listeners out there, this is our third episode of the Reunion Tour. Um, we've had a blast so far. Uh, if you missed the last couple episodes, go back, check those out. We kind of did a, a little dynasty shift in gears back to redraft show. We did a 
targets and fades, quarterbacks and running backs last week. We got Sheps on to talk with some wide receivers and tight ends today. But we've had two other guests on the show, and both those guys have kind of they were in the podcast game. They kind of dialed back out. Um, for the people that don't know, I mean, Sheps, I know you've been on here with Memphis on the Warzone Network, but you're one of the OG Warzone hosts, and to yeah. this day, you are still freaking grinding, bro. So, yeah. what have you been up to? You know, for the people that might not know what your current where your current work's at or what you're doing these days, uh, yeah, tell man. the people. So, I actually I started Dynasty Warzone uh, at the Dynasty Football Factory, and I was given two people that wanted to get into podcasting, Mike Jernigan and uh, LJ was the other fella's name. And then LJ left to go do Debbie stuff. And then Randy was listening to the show and you know, Randy, like he's, it's easy to begin liking Randy. So Randy was interacting and I was like, Oh, this is a great, this guy's awesome. And somebody left and we brought him on and then, you know, just kind of handed the keys over to Randy and Randy took over and I started doing my own thing. And I tried doing going solo with try football, focal, uh, try focal football, podcast uh then i was working with uh g and aj a little bit with the aussie guys and then i met a few guys and kind of come up with a game plan i started something called toilets and titles which uh we're now going into our fourth season toilets titles.com you can follow us on twitter at toilets and titles we have about 16 people on the roster now uh, we have weekly uh, so i do a show every tuesday where it's regular fantasy discussion i do a show every thursday where it's nfl draft discussion uh 365 all year. So I'm already, uh, this is the earliest in the process I've ever started my draft breakdowns. Usually I start doing player profiles. I'd like to say like November ish. So I've already written two player profiles. So first one being Dorian singer. So you can go check that out on toilettitles.com, but we're nonstop. If you want to uh, interact with us, you can reach out to me on Twitter at coach Sheps. We have a gilded chat where we have over 200 people in there. We're talking fantasy football. We're talking trades. We're starting best ball leagues. Uh, I really just kind of wanted to create a community because growing up and playing football my whole life, uh, one of the best things about playing football was big teams, right? You're usually on a team, 40, 50 guys. And I, I thrive in that type of environment. So when I started this up, it just kind of shifted more and more towards developing a team. And then I like to think that everybody who's kind of in the community, even if they're not working on the show, it's kind of a member of my team. And uh, I don't know. It's just been a lot of fun. Yeah. It's, that's, it's good stuff, man. I, I just watching from afar, um, you know, how much you, that you've grown that and you said it was heading into year four. I mean, yeah. that's, that's still come a long way and uh, you got some good people over there uh, involved. And I just, I just love watching, you know, things like that kind of grow, you know, from just the ground up and done a great job with it. So Matt, have you heard anything about the Frankenstein league? (laughs) So I've heard about the Frankenstein league just through, I think Jernigan was either in that at one point or something. So I've heard, I've heard a little, I've heard a little bit about that. So uh, do you want to, do you want to (laughs) share? It's it's so we have 96 teams now and every Mm -hmm. year. So it's, it's eight divisions. If my math is correct. So we started as one 14 team league. Uh, now we have eight divisions, 12 teams. So every year we add like three or four divisions. We got playable cards. The playable cards are crazy. We have rules for the first set. Each round in the first seven round has its own rules. Like it is, if you're somebody who likes the process, like when you like something and you really like something, like I really like football, I really like fantasy football, but I like the process of kind of developing if you if you enjoy the process and you want to be in like in July you want to be going on this we have a rock paper scissors tournament and the winner gets to decide the draft order for mm-hmm. their round like 
we have a, a playlist on our YouTube channel for Frankenstein. And we have like little two minute videos about each one of the playable cards. So if you want a little bit of an idea of what it's about, go check that out afterwards. And then Kyle, Kyle or Seth, if either of you check it out, send me a message and let me know what you think about it. I think it's pretty cool. All right. We'll, we'll do awesome. Well, um, one last thing, because I couldn't remember, but I, for, I, you know, all day today, I'm like talking with chefs tonight. This would be cool. Chat some football. Uh, and if you don't recall, if you don't remember, you can just tell me, uh, that's stupid. Why'd you bring this up? We'll move on. But do you, do you remember what your original, original Twitter handle yeah, was? Sliz digital. <laughs> oh yeah. I remember that was my, that was my screen name, uh, an instant messenger. Like I know you guys are old enough. To oh yeah. Oh yeah. AOL. It, it yeah. was my, it was my game on Xbox. It was my gamer tag on Xbox. So I got rid of Sliz digital kind of when I left Dynasty Football Factory and I wanted to kind of reinvent myself. And I already had the coach chef's handle because I was a coach. And that was my, so like I kind of just shifted, but man, that was, uh, that was the old me. So shout out to the old me. Sliz <laughs> Digital. Is yeah. That, yeah. See, I love, see, I wish I had like a cool, like my, my like AOL aim name was something real stupid. Like it just had a crap ton of numbers in it, you know, something not good. Um, yeah. you know, or have an M song. Yeah, uh, it was a part yeah. of you. You bizzles forgot. Sizzle does not give up. And then I was like, oh, that's cool. I'm gonna, I'm gonna use that. So let's yeah. digital. See, my my current Twitter handle is about as creative as I get. So uh, Yeah, that's that's it. So, Good. um, but anyway, and I mean, before we believe it, Seth, did you have a, a handle from your early days that you want to share with the people? Or hell no, I didn't even have cable <laughs> until I was like twelve. <laughs> I, had AOL uh, I knew the answer to that i knew the answer to that <laughs> uh, that's so good well anyway all right let's let's uh, enough of that let's talk some football baby cool. so uh we're gonna talk some targets and fades so uh each of us have one target one fade for 2023 uh at the wide receiver and tight end position and we're gonna throw a bonus player at you as well so five players a piece we'll go round table here um covering wide receiver tight end getting you set for your drafts i'm sure this weekend is a big draft weekend for a lot of you um, so looking forward to that. We're going to dive into that. And then we're going to wrap up the show with a mock mock draft that uh, I know these two gentlemen are looking forward to. And I'm just trying to keep pace. So uh, we're going to be covering animated in the dust. movies. Yes. Yeah, it, it's going to be rough for me. We're, but We're I'm already texting try. each other about how bad we're... <laughs> Was I supposed to say that? Seth? It's, it's going to be a beat down. Right. You can't do it. It's going to be a beat down. <laughs> All right, Seth, I'll let you kick it off, bro. We're going to go with yeah. a wide receiver target, man. Who is a wide receiver for 2023? that you're looking to target this year in drafts. Yeah. So uh, we typically talk about wide receivers breaking out in their third year, or at least that's what we were talking about when we were doing the podcast a few years ago. And I think it's pretty much stayed the same uh, generally speaking. However, sometimes you get receivers that really uh, nail it their first season, or they, they can establish themselves in a way that uh, tells you, yes, this is a guy to worth following. Now, uh, sometimes it's just spectacular. Like Garrett Wilson just completely blew the top off there and he looks very exciting, but I'm going to pick Chris Olave from the saints uh, for this. Uh, His, his finish last year was, uh, you know, around wide receiver 20, depending on your scoring format. And, and that's fine for a, for a rookie wide receiver. That's pretty good actually. But on film, he just looked the part. He looks comfortable. He looked like he knew what he was doing. And now he has a, uh, a quarterback that's not old and dilapidated. Uh, and, 
will actually has experience throwing to good wide receivers and Derek Carr here. So I'm uh, he's going currently going around uh, wide receiver 12 and I'm willing to pay that price. I think that's a, it's a good one. Um, a, a good option to look for in that group of like um, Jalen Waddle, T Higgins, Amari Cooper, you know, guys like that. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, you mentioned Garrett Wilson of the sophomore receivers, you know, Wilson definitely got that Rogers bump. He's getting the, gonna gonna get the hard knocks bump probably. So yep. Olave sitting there at a, at a at least a little bit more reasonable price tag. So Sheps, any any thoughts on a on Alave as a as a target or what his twenty twenty three outlooks like? And then who's your target at wide receiver? Man, I love Olave in New Orleans. Like Michael Thomas, he made some rounds of video footage. Like I am not concerned about him at all because I would be concerned if he was on my roster. That's what I'd be concerned. As far as I'm concerned. Like he's not even still in the NFL, you know, but whatever. Even if he's on the field, that only helps Chris Olave. One of the best characteristics that Chris Olave showed last season was the ability to create giant passing windows for his quarterback. When he got the football nine times out of 10, and that might be a little bit of an exaggeration. I'm known to exaggerate a bit, uh, but nine times out of 10, he seemed to have three to four yards of separation. You know, that's that's massive. What does that mean? He, he knows how to get open. If he knows how to get open and he secures the football, he's going to be a target monster. And Derek Carr, you know, regardless of what happened in Vegas, he's got pride. He wants to show the world he can still get it done. So he's going to come. He's going to want to target somebody who's going to come down with the football, and that's Chris Olave. Yep. Yeah, for sure. And it's going to be a fun uh, fun offense to watch because there's a lot of moving parts there. But I think I, I think most people are with you. Michael Thomas hope, should not be a hindrance uh, to Olave and expecting big things in year two. So uh, you got another first round, former first round wide receiver as a target for you heading into 2023. So, Jeff, so you got? That's Brandon Ayuk. You know, I, I love, I think Brandon Ayuk is a more talented wide receiver than Debo Samuel. I think Debo Samuel is an excellent NFL player. I would love to suit up on Sundays and have a guy like Debo Samuel on the other side of me. But I just think Brandon Ayuk is better at the wide receiver position. I think he's got better hands. I think he's a better route runner. And what's pretty incredible is the fact that Ayuk played running back in high school, transitioned to wide receiver at Arizona State. You look at the jump. In 2018, he had 474 yards, playing in 13 games. Then in 2019 at Arizona State, played in 12 games, one less game at eleven, almost 1,200 yards. Okay? In the NFL, he's had to jump every single season. First year, 748 yards. Second year, 826. Last year, 1,016. And that was with a revolving door quarterback. This year, I'd like to think Brock Purdy's healthy. And Tommy John, that's a weird thing. But if he's healthy, he can play 16 or 17 games. Uh, everything you're hearing out of San Francisco camp, everything you are hearing on the offensive side, you're hearing two things. One of them being, Tyrion Davis price looks good. So take that for what it's worth. I think he's the handcuff to Christian McCaffrey. The other thing you're hearing is Brandon Ayuk has been absolutely unguardable. They're not saying that about Debo. They're not saying that about George Kittle. They're saying Brandon Ayuk is the star of the show. And you need to listen to that. You need to read the tea leaves. I think Brandon Ayuk is going to be the first 49ers wide receiver since Anquan Bolden to top a thousand yards in back-to-back seasons. I wouldn't be surprised if, if he tops 1200 yards this year. Yeah. And, uh, that <laughs> the thousand yards, you know, we, we talked to Seth actually alluded to like the third year breakout 
right now it seems like there's no patience, like less and less patience as the, as the years go by, people just want everything now. Right. And we've seen it from these, from incoming rookies. Like we have seen year one hits and year two hits, but Ayuk it it did take to that third season. He was solid his first couple of years, but a thousand yards last season really jumped onto the map wide receiver 15, I think in PPR, but like, he's a name that you haven't really heard as much hype about maybe because his name is Brandon. I don't know, but if another receiver, I feel like had that type of breakout in year three, we'll be hearing a lot of hype on them in year four. And, and think about the, the guys who are getting drafted ahead of him. I like Terry McLaurin, but Terry McLaurin's not the same guy. Like, I don't think he's a volume guy. Like Brandon, IU can be a volume guy. Jerry Judy's being drafted ahead of him. Christian Watson's being drafted ahead of him. Mike Williams, Mike Williams, and this is going to allude to one of my cells, so I'm sorry to, but like <laughs> there's so many mouths to feed, and, and I kind of get it. You know, San Francisco, it's similar, but I think he's the alpha. I, mm-hmm. I don't think Williams is the alpha mm-hmm. in the Chargers room. So there's even Calvin Ridley. He looked good against uh, Deron Bland the other night in Dallas, but Ayuk <laughs> is not getting any love. Yeah. For sure. And I think that you can take advantage of that, especially when you're talking redraft. Those are the things you need to be looking out for is just the the value plays um, on guys that are like, you know, being taken a round or two behind people where they can perform just as good, if not equal. Uh, and again, get good value on draft day. And that leads right into my wide receiver target. It's Deontay Johnson. I feel like I feel like Deontay Johnson just gets crapped on all the time because he had a bunch of drops when he was getting 180 targets from Ben Roethlisberger, right? Like the dude can drop a few balls. It's okay. And then of and course, th- and those weren't pretty footballs at the end of Roethlisberger's career. They probably no, they were not. fingernails. Yeah, it was, it was, it's been an interesting, you know, I would, I still give it a, I call it a rise, you know, for, as far as Johnson wasn't a highly touted prospect, but he came in, he was solid. Roethlisberger threw the ball a bajillion times. And Deontay Johnson was definitely a benefactor of that. Seeing a ton of targets those first few years. And then again, he gets crapped on because of the drops, whatever. And then last year, just to add a little bit more fuel to fire, he catches zero touchdowns, just weirdly enough, even though he had seven and eight touchdowns each of the two years prior to that. So like people just don't want Deontay Johnson on their squad. And I'm fully here to take advantage of that. Um, His wider, he's ADP right now, wide receiver 33. It's still early. It's mid August right now, the 14th. So, you know, give or take a little bit here and there, but 77th overall, um, you know, that seventh round, I'm totally fine taking a guy that I think is going to fall out of bed into 140 targets. Uh, we were talking before the, the show. We love George Pickens. Like his play style is fun. He's a, he's just a, you know, he's a dog, right? That's what people say now. These like this kid is super fun to watch. He's not a volume guy though. Right. Mm-hmm. I still think Deontay is going to be the volume guy in that offense year two of Kenny Pickett. Um, you know, I think we'll still see lots of targets funneled towards Deontay Johnson. He's had 140 targets each of the last three seasons. I mentioned the touchdowns last year just weren't there. They really weren't there for the whole offense, right? I think that starts coming back just a bit. Does he get to eight? Maybe maybe not, but he could get to six and still return excellent value for a seventh round pick that you spent on him. He can be your wide receiver three and you should feel really, really good about that. So I'm targeting Deontay Johnson. I, I think he's super solid. And at this point, people are just kind of bored with him. And that's why he's going a little bit later than I think he he should. So I'm I'm all in on Deontay Johnson at that price tag. So if you if you wanted Chris Godwin, right? You want a guy you think is going to get a lot of volume out of the slot, and you didn't get him. Mm-hmm. Deontay Johnson's going ten picks later than he is, and <laughs> yeah. I think Deontay Johnson outscores Godwin. I think they both mm-hmm. play. You know, I I don't like Baker Mayfield. I don't. I think he's. I don't think he's a very good quarterback. Um, 
I think he, there's going to be great commercial host though. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> my, my, yeah. my son for a while was like, why is this guy, you know, before my son like kind of understood what the hell was going on. He's like, daddy, well, this guy's in every single commercial. What's going on? But no, I, I think Deontay Johnson is like, laugh at those. You know, I like Godwin. Obviously we talked about that earlier, mm-hmm. but Johnson is going to do for you what most people think Godwin's going to do for you this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think you just buy into that value on draft day and, and feel good about it. And uh, so he's a guy that I've, I've been acquiring in dynasty leagues this off season for like super cheap. And, you know, maybe that's not a long-term play because you obviously deal with, you know, where he might be in 2024, but for 2023, I'm he's locked in and I feel like he's going to be the target hog for the Steelers. Uh, let's, we'll stick with wide receivers. We'll go fades. So we're, we're looking at a, a player at this position that we're looking to avoid on draft day. Seth, I'll kick it back to you, bro. Yeah. So I'm do- pulling another audible. Uh, I'm crazy. Can't, <laughs> can't stop me. Uh, I'm, I promise not to do this every single week, but uh, I put Calvin Ridley in originally uh, and I still stand by that. However, I felt it was probably a little bit too easy because he's coming off a complete year of no, no playing, you know, with the, it's, it's an easy explanation to say, Hey, I don't know if I want to trust this guy coming off of, you know, almost two full years of no football. Mm-hmm. Um, so in addition to that, I will say Christian Watson. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't have anything against Watson's talent that he shows on the field necessarily. I do have uh, something against him in the fact that I, Jordan love is not Aaron Rodgers. Um, so that there's a significant downgrade in quarterback talent for him. Additionally, the Packers are going to be reinventing themselves without their back-to-back Hall of Fame quarterbacks. They have to start living in the you rest better, of better the real hope world. You're not jinxing it, Seth. <laughs> you're a Bears yeah. fan, right? Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah you, better, you, you better knock on wood. <laughs> All of it. All of it. Um, no, it, it can't. Not three times. It can't happen three times, right? No, no, no. Don't, no way. You, you that's what the, the bill said. That's what the bill said too. Uh, but, oh no! Buy uh, your get your get your well, get I'm your already, Jordan Love MVP uh, bet slips out right now. You heard it here Let's first. Go. go get it. <laughs> yeah. Well, Thanks. I've already dug the hole. I might as well keep going until I hit China or something. But yeah. uh, so Watson is in an offense that's going to be reinventing itself. There's a lot of risk there. Um, with, uh, with how they're going to reinvent themselves. And I, I will take many other wide receivers that are going around the same uh, space as him. Uh, guys that we, we've mentioned already, like Ridley's kind of in the same tier uh, as him, but uh, guys like DJ Moore, Terry McLaurin, uh, you know, um, DK Metcalf is kind of close to where he is. Like I'm, I'm going to take all those guys that have more established roles than, someone like uh, Calvin Ridley um, at that stage in the draft, which would be, you know, round four or so. All right. So Seth cheated and took two guys he's avoiding. So uh, for the record, we'll note that. Um, Yeah. And I think when I was looking at it, I didn't even, I I don't know. I just breezed right by Watson, but uh, I don't know if you mentioned it, but wide receiver 24 right now in ADP seems high. (laughs) Like, yeah, uh, for sure. He's actually going, um, uh, Shep's mentioned that he's going ahead of Ayuk. Um, so uh, 55th overall. So yeah, that's 20 plus spots ahead of Deontay Johnson. There's a lot of um, Packers fans out there. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, right? And it's going to be, 
uh, interesting to see if he can replicate just the, you know, the big time plays that he had. Obviously, he's got the speed. We know that. We saw it at times, but yeah, it's going to be a different offense there in Green Bay. If, th- so if this we'll was see. best ball ADP, I'd be, I'd be mm-hmm. like, all right, sure. yeah, Christian Watson. He's going to have games where he has multiple touchdowns, but um, I do think Jordan Love is going to be okay. I think he's going to be a good quarterback. I don't really think that's necessarily going to be the knock to Watson. It's obviously not Rodgers, so it's not propelling him. But, you know, they brought in a guy like Luke Musgrave, who they're going to target. Romeo Dubs is going to get his targets. But also, Jaden Reed out of Michigan State, he's a field stretcher. All right? And what, you know, Christian Watson, he was the field stretcher last year. Now they have two big play targets. So some of those vertical bombs that they're going to toss are going to end up in Jaden Reed's hands. And that's going to take away some of those big plays from a guy like Christian Watson. And I'm I'm interested, and I've and I kind of got toned uh, tuned out this weekend with things, but like you know, you mentioned Musgrave. They spent that draft capital on Tucker Craft too. Like, yeah. you just wonder like how much are they going to be using that two tight end and really like leaning into that. Craft's um, a good ball player too. I've been just yeah, he's been somebody I've been like scooping up because obviously being the second guy taken, but I'm I wanted like, him in Dallas. Yeah, I would have been okay with that. It hasn't yeah. <laughs> hasn't turned out the way Green we Bay, wanted. With Green our Bay selection. takes him in this, you know, as our second tight end. Like, give yeah. me a break. Yeah, um, it, it, it just it makes perfect sense though. the The guy named Kraft goes to the Cheeseheads. Oh, <laughs> damn it! How did I not Zing. put that together? And Zing. in the state of dairy too. This is why we had to bring Seth back because this stuff would it's just. This is the, the important life. facts that nobody yeah. thinks about. Jeez. Yeah, man. <laughs> Seth, right. I don't know. I don't know how else to follow that. I'll just kick it back yeah. over to you, Sheps. Uh, who we fade? What, what we you fade. should have done is just click the button and cheese just ooze down and we should just fade out. Show yes. over. Yeah, yes. that's it. Exactly. That's, the end. That, yeah, I can't get it. You're not going to top that. So, no. but we'll try. Uh, who right. we fading, man? I'm fading Keenan Allen. And uh, I kind of teased this before. I was mentioning Mike Williams. Keenan Allen is going into, he's going to be 31. He's only played a full season twice in his NFL career. And he's been in the NFL for quite some time. He's going into his 10th season. I love Keenan Allen. And the reason I love him as a ball player is because he does all the things as a coach you want your wide receivers to do. He's tough. He runs good routes. He catches with his hands. He's very disciplined. You know, he, he just does things the right way. So I like him as a ball player, but in that offense, excuse me, I think Gerald Everett's going to see an uptick with Kellen Moore at the offense coordinator. I think Mike Williams is going to see an uptick. I think Quentin Johnson's going to take away from some of his targets. And where's he going right now, Keenan Allen? I think he's wide receiver 19. Yep. Basically yeah. a high-end wide receiver. Now you can a wide receiver two, top tier, mm-hmm. right? But you can get a guy like Jackson Smith and the Jigba. I we have this thing called the bathroom board at the Toilets of Titles Network where we do we it's appropriate. If if we hey, thank you very much. <laughs> uh so if we're like you know, hey, I think this guy's going to outside outscore this guy during a show if it pops up. So this would be a time when I would say, if someone was talking up Keenan Allen, I bet you Jackson Smith and the Jigba outscores Keenan Allen. I would not be surprised. And Jackson Smith and the Jigba is the 36th wide receiver going. All right, that's 17 behind. I think he's going to do very similar players. You know, they're both playing in the slot. They're both very good route runners. They both don't have elite speed. Both have very good hands. Both are in a wide receiver core with, alphas around them you know jackson smith's got dk he's got tyler lockett keenan's got mike williams quentin johnson so do i want to draft wide receiver 19 who i think is going to score like the wide receiver 36 i don't yeah and i think for all these for you know the last few years 
Allen is not, it, he has gone higher than 19th, but like he just always seems to outperform where people are willing right. to spend on him. And now this year is dipped a little bit, but right. we, we haven't really seen them bring in this type of competition. The offense is definitely going to be a little bit changed. And, um, you know, that's my concern with her, with Herbert too. Um, I think fun. overall they're going to be solid, you know, yeah. because I, I like Kellen Moore. Um, but, He's Herbert so thrown so freaking much over yeah. the last few years. Like, do they dial that back where he they could still be top five and literally throw like 80 less passes? And how do they um, bounce <laughs> back from that loss to Jacksonville in the playoffs? Uh, that like, that's one to stick with you. Dude, <laughs> that was blow it all up. I, right? I, like, I, how yeah. do they live with themselves after that? Yeah, it's I mean, it, the, it's the Falcons found a way to go on. So yeah, that's true. We got Dan Quinn in Dallas now. <laughs> yes, somehow, <laughs> somehow, yeah. still there. Um, I'm gonna go with another old man that's being overvalued. Um, probably just because of the name, but DeAndre Hopkins. He's going two sl- two spots later than Keenan Allen. He's wide receiver 21. Um, about nine spots overall behind Keenan Allen, but still just too early for me. Uh, again, wide receiver 21, 51st overall. It's a round five pick. Uh. He did. He showed up last year, right? After he got through the suspension, he just came on, and they literally just targeted the living hell out of him. Um, as long as Kyler was was there, um, but what we saw from with uh, Hopkins now is the offseason move. They cut him. He moved, goes to Tennessee, and say think what you want about Traylon Burks. You know, I still think there's you know there's a chance this kid can still put up. It could be that I just am a sucker for that type of receiver. Um, but regardless of what I think, the numbers will tell you Tennessee is not going to throw the ball enough. Uh, they were 30th last year in pass attempts. They were 26th in pass attempts in 21 and 30th in pass attempts in 2020. Those are the last three seasons of Brian Tannehill as their quarterback. The Tennessee wide receivers combined last season for 231 targets. Oof. Even if you dial it back even further, remember they had A.J. Brown. The most targets he had with Ryan Tannehill was 106. So you're telling me that DeAndre Hopkins needs to – his ceiling is 110 targets that I, and that's to me, that's stretching it. No way. So I think you could probably pencil him in for, you know, 85, but he's got to have a lot of touchdowns to return wide receiver 21 numbers. And I'm not willing to bet in on that. Give me a guy that's going to just be a target hog somewhere else. And I know isn't going to let me down. I think with Hopkins, I, I hope he's still good because I love watching him play football, but he's in an offense. that's going to be run first. It's not going to change. And I think with Burks there as well, there's a, there's another player that should be taking away some opportunities from Hopkins. So I know the name is one we're all familiar with, but let somebody else that doesn't know what the hell's going on in your draft uh, take him that early and you know take the value where it falls. So I'm out on Hopkins, boys. How about you, boys? Double thumbs yeah. up for me. All right. Yeah. Cool. I mean, it, it, Good. I feel really old right now because <laughs> – all of these, all of these wide receivers that we've watched just dominate for the past you know, several years, Keenan Allen, my boy Mike Evans, and DeAndre Hopkins. It's all just like they're at the end of their careers, and it's just, oh, you were so good, and you're still good, but also you're not scoring me any points. So, yeah, 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 yeah. Running backs like three years, we're like, nope, <laughs> get out. Uh-huh. <laughs> get out. I mean, heck, they're barely. We, we, Seth and I were talking before you jumped on. I like, they're not even making it freaking 12 months now. No. Last a year ago, everyone, Brees Hall, Kenneth Walker, light them up. You Look know, here Jonathan we go. Taylor, oh, Jonathan God. Taylor's two years from his contract. <laughs> yeah, we're, like, we're already forget it. Ursay's Ursay's over him. Yeah, it's insane. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's going to be an interesting, an interesting time for dynasty owners because I, 
I don't even know what to do anymore with that position. But yeah. uh yeah, this is and this is I think this is a transitional year for the receiver position. When you look at ADP right now, it's there. I mean, outside of that top 12, you go from like 13 to like 35. And I'm like, I mean, either you you reach according to ADP on guys that I you know have some upside that haven't done it yet, or you go with you know the old faithful that you know aren't right. going to return that value. Um you know, and it's just interesting. And you have a lot of the quarterback turnover in the league over the last few years, too. Um, you know, and, you know, you have like DJ Moore now going, you know, changing teams. And uh, the Washington receivers are, you know, interesting. But what the hell's yeah, going on I like there? Johnson. I like you know? Johnson. Yeah. So what about I, Thielen? Thielen, I think, is a guy like. So that's what the old wide receivers, mm-hmm. you want them at value. He's <laughs> a wide receiver you could get at value. Like Allen, mm-hmm. I'm, not, I'm not saying he's going to put up Allen numbers, but where Allen's going, you can wait 50 picks yeah. and get a guy like Adam Thielen and, and, and maybe, maybe get close to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely, I would, you know, I think this year I found myself more than ever too. like when I'm looking at ADP, you know, even looking at it overall. So like what, what are the other positions that are going around that time? Because if there's 12 receivers, I'm not even looking to take here. I could definitely just pivot somewhere else and then, you know, circle back to it and get somebody that I like a lot more. But, um, I think we covered the receiver enough. Let's move on to Seth's favorite position, and I'm going to let him start because he loves tight end so much. Um, oh, tight yay. end target, tight end target, baby. So uh, you're for. We're going to assume Seth that you're in a league that actually forces you to start a tight end. I know that you would prefer not to, but you're going so to have to start. One. I'm in the ninth level of hell. That's our. That, <laughs> I hear you. Okay. Yes. <laughs> uh, Let's hear it. No, ninth level of hell would be like individual defensive players. <laughs> oh, come on now. We had a good run. <laughs> we did. We did. It's just I don't know anyone, and I feel dumb all the time. Anyway, uh, the because I hate the tight end position so much, I kind of focus on a couple of guys and then just hammer that until they are no good anymore. Uh, yeah. And Goddard has paid off for me on that front because this man is dope. Uh, and last year he, uh, suffered an injury, only played 12 games instead of the full 17, but out of the 12 games that he played, nine of them had over, he was in over 90% of the snaps on, uh, for the, for the team, uh, that, that game. And he is, uh, hands down, like he, he's Kelsey light, uh, maybe very light depending on how, you know, how much you're trying to get out of Kelsey, but like he's, he's the number one reliable guy on that offense uh, for Jalen Hurts. So I think uh, in a, in a world where tight end after the first few, it's anybody's guess, anybody can be tight end 12. Like I could be tight end 12 this season. Uh, if I, if I, you know, really applied myself and yeah, got up yeah. off the test. But seriously, like anybody could be tight end 12. Uh, so if you don't, after a certain tier, if you're not going for one of those guys, then just wait until the end. Uh, but Dallas Goddard is one of the guys I'm willing to spend some capital on. So, Sheps, I can't be rational about Dallas Goddard. I still have draft night, just nightmares yeah. about <laughs> Dallas Goddard. So I'll just let you talk about him, and then you can go into your target. But just I, I have him it. as a top five tight end. <laughs> yeah. I, I think I have him as my, my – I got him in Scott Fishbowl this year. I'm feeling really good about it. He does everything well. He's, he's another guy who's just a football player. Like I talked about Debo earlier. You know, I'd like to, if I'm going out on Sundays, I'd like to see him a lo- across the locker room with me, knowing that he's going out in the field with me. That's Dallas Goddard. He's going to block. Mm-hmm. He, he plays to the echo of the whistle. So yeah. shout out Dallas Goddard. A guy that I have 
as a buy this year at tight end is Jake Ferguson. Now, Jake Ferguson for the Dallas Cowboys, I know they drafted Luke Schoonmaker, but I expect him, he was on the PUP, or I don't know if he was technically on the PUP, but he was hurt. All right now he's he's back. He's got I think it's going to take him a little bit to get going. Jake Jake Ferguson was a, a rookie last year. Played in 16, started 8, had 22 targets and 19 receptions for 174 yards. I think you're going to see Schoonmaker go maybe about 300 yards and two touchdowns, maybe from 22 targets to about 35. Now Dalton Schultz last year played in 15 games. 89 targets, 57 receptions. If you bump that up to 70, 17 games, he's probably around 100 targets for about 65 receptions. So the Cowboys offense can sustain those two guys. Mm-hmm. And I think Ferguson is going to be the Dalton Schultz this season. I think you're going to see Jake Ferguson go somewhere between 55 and 65 receptions, between 550 and 650 yards. I think he'll get into the end zone from four to six times. So – I think that's – I think he's going like in the 20s for tight ends. <laughs> yeah, 28. <laughs> and and he's going to probably score a little higher than Seth. At, uh, and he might be the tight end <laughs> level. Yeah. It, and no, no, no disrespect to Dalton Schultz. I love having him in Dallas. You know, Sheps and I are both Cowboys fans, people that don't know. And But I don't know that Dalton Schultz is – that special of a football player, right? You like get blocked, I, by the you way. Know, I, Did you, have, you, have you been blocked by Dalton Schultz? I, I have not been blocked. Dude, you might Schultz. be. Check him out. Dude, oh, I'm blocked I, by Dalton Schultz. Are you serious? He blocks everybody. Oh. I don't know how he does it. You, I, be, you better go check. I, I better check, but I don't know that I've talked too much smack about him, but I, I am now I from the standpoint I talk of... talk smack about him. Uh, you, you must have. I Why else would old Dalton that be out there blocking Coach Schultz? Because he's soft. He, he, when you're talking about the tight end position in this offense and what Dak, how Dak uses the tight end, I think a, you know, a free Jake Ferguson on draft day is you could do way worse than that. Um, and See how he high it, point of the football this weekend down the seat and went up car. Beautiful. He, he's uh, I think it's gonna, he's definitely going to be somebody for me that, you know, like I, I'm similar to Seth, like there's six, seven guys that will probably be too expensive for me to get. A lot of times I just punt it to the end. I just wait to the bitter end. And then Jake Ferguson's going to be Ferguson's going to be on that list for me. So I like the call and I'm hoping that he, ha- he has a nice sophomore year for the Cowboys. So I like that. I'm going to go. This name is one that people are more familiar with. He's technically going a little bit higher in ADP, but another guy that's going to be undrafted in your, you know, your more standard 12 team, you know, 16 round draft leagues, but I'm going to go with Sam Laporta, the rookie for the Detroit lions. Now, you know, Rookie tight ends never pan out. You got to give them time, blah, 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 and all that. All the reports, you just listen to the reports right now out of, out of out of Lions camp is he's the starter already. He's not coming off the field. He's the guy. He's also a guy that can do it all. So he should be able to stay on the field. A lot of times you may have a guy that's, you know, at the tight end position like Kyle Pitts. So it's just like, hey, he's the liability of the run blocker, right? So he's not going to be out there then, you know. Um, I think Laporte is somebody that can can be play as a true tight end, stay on the field at all times. He's tight end six, uh, 19 right now. He's 170th overall. So, again, pretty much undrafted. Um, when it goes to my strategy again at the tight end position, I'm looking for either a top six, seven guy in my ranking where I'm comfortable with. Otherwise, I'm bailing. I'm not drafting those guys that are in the 9 to 14 range, really. I, it's just not worth it. Um, I'm streaming. When you look at streaming, Sam Laporte in the Detroit Lions opened the season at Kansas City. They may have to score some points to keep up in that game. Then their next two games are at home against the Seattle Seahawks and the Atlanta Falcons. 
from year to year, things change, and I get that. But all we can go off right now is what we know. And I'm looking at two teams that I I feel are going to stay pretty status quo as far as their personnel and who they've had there. Seattle was the worst team against tight ends last season. Atlanta was the third worst team against tight ends. So if you're taking a free Sam Laporta on draft day, even for 2023 only, I'm totally fine streaming him in the situation, see if it pans out. Jameson Williams won't be on the field either for the Detroit Lions. So you're looking at option two, maybe two B for Jared Goff um, in a in a matchup where they're going to have to put up points and then two great matchups for the tight end position. So, um, you know, we'll see if he can break the mold and be a rookie tight end that's worth, you know, uh, worth uh, top, you know, playing every week and being top 10. But I think out of the gate, he, he should be solid. And, you know, I'm liking what I'm hearing about him so far. So I'll go with Sam Laporta. I take him over Kincaid in redraft right now. Kincaid's going to get a little bit more love. He's already tight in 13. That might bump up a little spot or two. Um, they'll just take a free Sam Laporta. That's pretty much how I treat the tight end positions. So um, any any thoughts there, Seth, on either Laporta or Ferguson? No, I mean, um, I'll say I'll say what I need to say in the, with the next one. All right, cool. You're good. Uh, let, let's just move on to it. We'll go fades. Seth, who are you avoiding on draft day? So I mentioned that uh, Goddard was one of the guys I would be willing to spend capital on. Uh, the thing I didn't say is Goddard is one of the two guys I'm willing to spend capital on. If in some situations I might be able to be convinced to go Kelsey like in, early, early on, and then there's Goddard, and then there's there's Sam Laporta. Yeah, and and uh, for, you're welcome. Yeah, so <laughs> there we go. Uh, we just hooked the, you up. Exactly. Jeps and uh, I did the homework for you. You didn't even have to yeah. do it. Yeah. No. So you're it's, it's one of those two guys, or I'm streaming. No, no one else. Get uh, based on the uh, draft capital that would be required to get them uh, versus what they can return for me is really worth it. And Evan Ingram is one of those guys. He's being ranked right under Dallas Goddard right now. Um, and another guy that I think we'll talk about in a minute. And uh, um, I think that Ingram has shown us he had one stellar uh, rookie season, five terrible seasons with the Giants. And then he had a good season last year in Jacksonville where he got more touchdowns than he has in the previous five years. Touchdowns are very tricky things to uh, predict. And while he was getting the targets like he needed to last season to uh, continue that production, there are other pieces around uh, him in Jacksonville now, and it's just not something I'm willing to uh, spend draft capital on. Chefs, I'll let you talk, uh, touch on uh, Ingram here in a second and your guy, but I'll, I'll just throw this out there because I was looking at Evan Ingram as like a, you know, I, I had a league, a dynasty league. I was trying to see if I could pivot, grab, you know, solidify my tight end position. I looked at Evan Ingram overall, his numbers last year look really good, but when you look at his game log and, and Trevor Lawrence getting it together down the stretch you know, you factor that in, but man, this guy had a ton of disappearing acts um, last season. Now he had one game where he had 11 receptions for a buck 62 and two that'll inflate the numbers, you know, yeah. pretty good. Right. Um, he did have another hundred yard game in there. So it's not like it was just that one, but it was very much three or four games that propped up his, his stats which for the tight end position is pretty standard. It's not out of the norm that that's how that position goes, but I think you need to treat him kind of like those other tight ends, in my opinion, that are going outside that top six or seven um, and not necessarily lumping him in there with the Dallas Goddard or uh, or who have you at, 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 as a top tier guy. So, Chefs, I'll kick it to you, bro. 
I mean, you, you kind of touched on everything. I mean, he's got two things going for him, and that's Trevor Lawrence and Doug Peterson. And Doug Peterson has utilized his tight ends in the past, and I believe they brought in a tight end this year. I can't think of his name. I'm having a bit of a brain fart. But I think Evan Ingram is going to be good. He's another guy. I think he's going to be a good football player. But I don't think he's going to be great for fantasy. I don't think he's going to be reliable enough for fantasy because they got Christian Kirk. They got Calvin Ridley. You know, Tank Bigsby's going to need to get some touches this year. Travis Etienne's going to get his touches. And Zay Jones is a guy who moves the chains. You know, Evan Ingram tight ends are usually used to move the chains. And Zay Jones is a little bit of both. He can play the wide receiver role, but he can also be the guy to work the middle and just get across the, you know, the first down marker and get. So he's, I feel like he takes some of those touches from Evan Ingram. So, you know, I, I do think I wouldn't, he's one of those guys where if I'm not getting a top four tight end, kind of like what Seth's been saying, I'm not going to, I'll take Evan Ingram if he falls. Yeah. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? But I'm not going to take Evan Ingram where he's going. Yep. 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 Good point. All right, man. You got a bigger name for us. So who are you fading? Yeah, it's George Kittle. And uh, I love George Kittle as a football player. I, I feel like this has been a, a <laughs> would solid... you want to see him across yeah, the locker room for yeah, you? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. This has been a solid. This has been a solid. I mean, the guy's nuts. He's an yeah, Iowa but... tight end. I mean, you you guys like the Sam Laporta, Sam Laporta, Iowa tight end. I love the guy. I think Coach Campbell's gonna love Sam Laporta because he had the most yards after catch of all draft eligible tight ends last year. So there's gonna be a lot of highlight reels where he's just running through people's faces. George Kittle has done that and he's continued to do that. But that wears on you. He plays the game too damn physical for his own good. I just don't count on him for 16 games. You know, he might be able to play 16, but four or five of them, he's going to be nursing something. He's not going to be at 100%. So I just don't want to spend top-tier draft capital on a guy like George Kittle when I can't trust him to stay healthy and when I expect a guy like Brandon Ayuk. Brandon Ayuk is going to get 20 more targets this year, so he's got to take it away from somebody. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, top four, top 50 pick. Uh, I'll take Waller. Waller's going five picks after him. And I know Waller's had his injury history, but the Giants, I mean, Jalen Hyatt, you know, he's seen people love Jalen Hyatt, but Jalen Hyatt is a field stretcher who needs to be schemed open. He's going to have big games and big plays, but guys like Darren Waller are going to be the ones that are going to be getting him open because safeties are going to be cheating down on Waller and safeties still can't cover Waller. So Waller's going to get it done. I'd rather take Waller than take Kittle. Yeah, and Kittle, I think, is getting a little bit of a bump too, just because of how much he helped people down the stretch last year. Right. He had two, he had two touchdowns until week 14. And then in the fantasy playoffs, he had two, two, one. You know, so he had five touchdowns over the, that championship run. He, he, he was a up. shell of himself for like four weeks, right? He was playing with an injury. He was basically mm-hmm. just blocking. Yep. And he missed and he missed the first two games of last season. Uh, because he got injured in camp right. so and he's dinged up already now so I think yeah if you're if you're drafting him it's definitely for you just hope that he's there like he was last year at the end of the season you know right. seven touchdowns the last four weeks including week 18 in there and you know but man you're gonna have to put up with the the missed games as well right. um, I'm gonna go with another guys all the, I like all these phase boys because they're all top you know 10 guys um, mine's right on the edge there but I'm gonna go with Pat Fryermuth. uh He's a guy that um, the one thing that I'm worried most about with him is just his snap share. Um, they take him off the field a ton. Um, you look at like the higher end tight ends, they're usually on the field for at least 85% of the snaps. 90 is a, is pretty much on the high end, but even Evan Ingram, who, you know, is a pass catching tight end. And, you know, he had the stigma about him. He was even at 77% of the snaps last year. Frymuth was just under 70, about half his games around 65% of the snaps. Um, I think he can still be solid. He was what he 
Uh, his ADP right now is tight end 10. Last year, he was tight end 11 in points per game. He just had the two touchdowns, which really brought that down. So that probably bounces back a little bit if he sees the same target numbers he had last year, which was around 100. But for me, I just feel like he's just in that group of tight ends, whether it be Evan Ingram or David Njoku or Pat Fryermuth, where it's just like you're only drafting them because they're just at the top of your list. Um, you just need to wait it out. And if they fall a little bit, I'm totally fine taking Fryermuth if he's sitting there you know, 110 overall, but not 90 overall. There's other players and other positions I'd rather take. For me, he he is a top 12 tight end. He's just not at, the, he's not for me overall anywhere near 90th. And I'm going to sit and wait and uh, and just take another tight end that, you know, Ferguson, Laporta, guys later, Chig, I'm good with it, whatever. Um, Fryermuth will have the targets, which is intriguing, but um, just not a guy that I'm going to have on my teams this year, so. Uh, let's let's roll. We're doing pretty good on time. Uh, it's because we got a professional here. So in uh, Johnny Sheps. So uh, we're gonna move into the bonus. We got uh, you. I'll leave. I left it open for you, boy. So uh, wide receiver or tight end that you're gonna target or fade. Uh, and Seth, I'll let you kick this thing off. Yeah. So I'm gonna. Um... I'm just going to attack the NFC North again, apparently. Uh, so it's I'm going to fade. Bear. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, I'm going to fade Amon Ra St. Brown. And I talked about this on the um, the show with Mike Jernigan. So I'm sorry, Mike. Uh, uh, you know, I still love the Lions. But I, I'm, I'm looking at Amon Ra's production over, uh, over last year, and I'm – uncertain how he's going to be able to continue getting almost like nine to double digit targets every single game. Basically Um, you have more running back help in here. You have Sam LaPorta who we talked about and it's Jared Goff. So I don't know. Uh, I don't, I don't have high hopes for him. So it's the, there's nothing wrong with Amon Ra itself. It's more of the price. Like who do I have to take over or him over because he's, He's being ranked right now as if he's going to go in the early second round around guys like, you know, Jonathan Taylor, Devontae Adams, A.J. Brown, Derrick Henry, um, Josh Jacobs. I know Taylor, you know, right now is still in the contract thing, but if he. So is Jacobs. uh, Yeah, true. Um, But if they get back, then they're being ranked appropriately for what they can do. Right. So I I'm going to I'm going to go with. Uh, those those types of guys over St. Brown, where the wide receiver position, if if you don't hit on one of those big guys, you're like you're going to be able to find replacement ones uh, in uh, in the lower ranks, basically. It was funny after his rookie season. You know, the draft capital wasn't there compared to that the rest of that rookie class, which was you know, and then because he was a fourth rounder, right? And right. then so 120 targets his rookie season. Then last year. You know, but the production was there. So last year he was like around like maybe four or five pick, and then he just kept blowing up. So now it just the price tag keeps going up. So you know, eventually with these guys, it's like you get to the point where like, well, their price tag's already super high. So he obviously right. can't outperform that necessarily, but he needs to he needs to perform right. And when those guys uh, when those guys bust, that's when it really stings. Nobody ever you know complains or bitches about a fifth round guy really that didn't show up. Right? It's those it's those high end guys. Um, and Amon Ra's made his way into that conversation. So, um, Chefs, any concerns for you with Amon Ra? He's been a guy I've been looking at all offseason because for Dynasty, man, he's like he's ranked like wide receiver five in a lot of places just because of, again, the changing of the guard at wide receiver, and he's so freaking young. So he's an interesting case to me. But what's your thoughts on him, you know, I guess just heading into this year? 
I'm drinking the Lions Kool-Aid. Yeah. I am I am sold. I'm I think Jared Goff is a buy. Jared Goff was a 24-year-old, 25-year-old kid bringing a team to the Super Bowl, gets undressed by Bill Belichick. Everyone figures out, all right, this is what he's bad at. He dude's never been bad at anything in his life. He gets figured out. Of course, he's not going to figure out how to change his game in a year. Gets sold out by his team. Goes to Detroit. I think I think the players love playing for Campbell. I think he's got a solid roster around him. In Superflex, if Jared Goff's your quarterback too, I think you're in good shape. And as far as Amon Ross St. Brown goes, I, he's like a juiced up Golden Tate. You know, mm. like everything Golden mm. Tate did, Amon Ross St. Brown does better. You know, teams are going to be focused on him, so I get that. Jamison Williams isn't going to be around to take the top off the defense for the first, like, four to six weeks. I don't know the exact number. So it's going to be harder because teams are going to be ready for him. But what makes him special is the fact that anytime he puts his hands on the football, he can score. The worst thing ever that happened to Jared Goff was like it got out that McVay would just talk to him till the bitter yeah. end of that oh, yeah. the headset cutting out. Right. And then like, oh but my what's God. That, what's you know, that like, doing? Like yeah. as a coach, like yeah. you're you're setting your guy, like teach him. Mm-hmm. Figure it like work with the guy. Like I, I don't, I'm not yeah. saying he's perfect. I'm he's only 28 right now. Mm-hmm. And it feels like he's been around for 10 years. Yeah. I just he's, I wrote for him just because of that. Like I felt like he got crapped on so bad because of that it's just like that was obviously i don't i'm pretty sure jared goff wasn't like hey sean can you talk to me nonstop? mcveigh was like obviously he's a control freak because most of these guys are right right so that's just what he did and it and it worked you know to you know they got to the super bowl like i get it but i never thought of it like that but i feel like it was more mcveigh than it was yeah jared was probably like stop i want to let me play the game (laughs) yeah let me figure this out or or you're just like does everyone do this like i thought like you know but anyway um all right man uh who who are you targeting or fading who you got who's i like quentin johnson this year quentin johnson i think right now is what is he he is wide receiver 47 player 119 he had a few drops but forget the drops look at the targets Mm. lots of targets in preseason you know, lots of buzz coming out of camp about him, not necessarily Mike Williams, not necessarily Quentin Johnson. He might score just as much as Mike Williams, and he's half the cost of Mike Williams. He might score just as much as Christian Watson. He's half the, like, more than half the cost. So you got guys like uh, Zay Flowers, Kadarius Tony, Gabe Davis, Juju Smith-Schuster, Cortland Sutton. I think I think more if I'm picking in that area, I like Zay Flowers, but I don't think Zay Flowers is going to get the targets mm-hmm. to demand him, you know, being played on a weekly basis. I think Quentin Johnson, you might be able to play in a flex every single week because I think the floor is going to be four receptions for 60 yards, but the ceiling's going to be six receptions for 120 and a touchdown, you know? Yeah. I I like I I don't know that I figure that I finally I wasn't doing this on purpose, like just intentionally, but I like every year I would just get to the point in the draft and these are the receivers going like, I'll just uh, about, uh, you know, 15 picks, give or take on each side. You got Juju, Gabe Davis, Kadarius, Tony. Then after him, you got Zay Flowers is right there with QJ and, and ADP. But then you have Sky Moore, Adam Thielen, Alan Lazard. Like it gets to that point in the draft where it's just like, do I draft some old busted guy that can get me eight to nine points a week that I can just find on the waiver wire anyway 
or do I just take a shot on the complete unknown, which is a rookie, but he's a first round pick. Like I ended up with John Dotson on every roster last mm. year because he was cheap as hell. And it was just like, well, why the hell not? I don't want to draft, you know, X, you know, guy. And, that, and that's pretty much what it feels like this year um, with Johnson and Zay Flowers. Like those two are guys that have heavy draft capital. QJ has the quarterback to go with it. So when you're talking about wide receiver 47, 120th overall, like that point in your draft, you need to decide, like, am I looking for safe? Okay, then go get Jacoby Myers because he'll probably score you right. eight, eight, nine points a week. And that's it. But that's it. Right. You know, QJ. Feeling, like we mentioned yeah. earlier. You know? Yeah. So it, it just, I think I usually try to reserve a spot, you know, on my roster. Like, hey, just give me one just lottery ticket, right? And, yeah. you know, and he's cheaper uh, than, you know, you look at, you know, JSN's going 88th overall. Not not bad, but when you're talking about, you know, 30, 40 picks later, you know, he could still get a guy that's in a in an offense with a high-powered quarterback, um, a lot around him uh, as right. far as competition. But, yeah, I dig that. Well, you, you've heard it here first. JSN's winning rookie of the year this year, so. All right, Booking. there you go. Boom. Booking. Well, got, yeah, we got two. We got two. If you're the if you're the betting type, you can go cash in already on Jordan Love MVP and JSN. No, but this is real here. talk. JSN, <laughs> like it, that was fun. Like we were no, having fun. Yes. This is Jackson Smith and Jig was winning offensive rookie of the year. So all right, go go out there, make it happen. I I hope so. I ended up I not not I don't know how this year, but I just a couple leagues, even rookie draft. He just He's like dude, f- like I was just sitting there. I had like pick six or seven and a few. I'm just sitting there I'm like i guess i'll just take him you know and and uh looking forward to watching him on the field um all right i'm gonna wrap this thing up with a fade and this is a guy i freaking love but i just think here's it's just you know i and i <laughs> long time listeners that probably aren't here anymore or seth will think this is hilarious or like seth. the whole tier drafting thing i used to give seth so much crap about because i just wanted to make a decision on a player i'm like just choose a freaking guy like you don't get to tier these guys together right but you know but I think that T Higgins is just too expensive to where you need to take him right now on draft day. I just think he's, he's just sitting there right now at wide receiver 13 and I love the kid, but he's never going to be the alpha in that offense. Never. Um, and I'm going to say all of this too, assuming that Joe Burrow is going to be good to go. This was his, this is year four for T Higgins. This is his last three seasons, 2020 through 2022, obviously. So his rookie year, uh, just under 70 catches, 900 yards, six touchdowns, 108 targets. 2021, 74 catches, uh, almost 1,100 yards, 110 targets. 2022, 74 catches, same amount of catches. He has 70 less yards, 109 targets. So 108, 110, 109 targets. You To be a top 12 wide receiver, I want to see at least 125. That's what I want. That's the number that I'm looking for. Now, see if you're that? talking 140, now we're talking big time, you know, now Deontay will follow 140 and finish wide receiver 18, but whatever. But that's if you're looking at a top 12 wide receiver, 110 targets just doesn't do it for me. And 109 targets last year was with Chase missing five games. So I love T. Higgins and I want him on my squad if he's fallen a little bit further down the uh down the ranking there at at the wide receiver position. But wide receiver 13, 29th overall, a third round pick on T. Higgins. I just feel like you've already bought him at the at his ceiling. And to me, that's just not the player I'm, I'm going to look for. I want to see a little bit more boom. Um, last year, he was wide receiver 19 in points per game. And I just think that that's probably where he'll end up. He'll probably be wide receiver 15, very solid. But he's just capped by playing behind, you know, one of the best wide receivers in the game right now, no matter who his quarterback is. Right. And they still got Tyler Boyd there. 
And, you know, I, I just think that off Charlie Sizzle Jones, too, man, <laughs> out of Purdue. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Of course, Jeffs comes through. Yeah. Um, Watch him. He's a name to know. Rookie. Before we move to the mock mock, because I, of course, this is everyone's favorite part of the show. I want to bring Sheps in on a very important question that I think fantasy owners need to know, because I think to me, we talked a couple weeks back. We talked to uh, we gave a player that we said was going to be like he was going to tip the scales of fantasy. Okay. Um, right. Like Josh Jacobs was that player last year, in my opinion, oh, because man. he was like a mid round guy. But I think that the, a lot of people are putting a crap ton of stock into Tony Pollard. You're obviously a Cowboys guy. Zeke signed today with the Patriots. So that is officially closed the book on that. What What's your opinion on, on Tony Pollard for this year? Like, are you, are you all in on him? Are you concerned? We've, we've seen this kid just flash, but now we're, this is it. And I think at this point, they're not going to have another guy that, you know, is a big name that people are going to be worried about. So there's names in camp, right? But Pollard right now is, is, is really getting hyped a ton. Uh, so I wanted your thoughts on Pollard while we got you here. Man, I, I wish I had. I, I did. Uh, so my cousin Joe also writes for Toilets Titles podcast, Toilets Titles. He's a big Giants fan. And I kind of proposed this question to him a few weeks ago. Who would you prefer, Tony Pollard or Saquon Barkley? And a lot of the basic people in the world said Saquon Barkley because they didn't want to look at numbers. And I think Saquon Barkley is a phenomenal running back, but. I don't have the exact numbers in front of me, but I think Tony Pollard had 50 more yards after contact on like something like 40 to 60 less touches Mm. than Barkley. So Saquon Barkley is a freak. Is Tony Pollard a freak? No, but he's a very good running back and the Cowboys have him for one year. And what did the Cowboys do with Dalton Schultz when they put him on the rookie tag? (laughs) They ran him to the ground at the tight end position and then they let him walk. And I think they're going to do the same thing with Tony Pollard. I think they're going to run him into the ground. And I think if he's going in the second round, I actually think that's value. Mm-hmm. He's the type of player I'd be comfortable taking at the end of the first round in a predominantly run-heavy league. But in a PPR league, if I'm getting him and pick like 18 to 20, and he's my – say it's super flex. Say I went quarterback in the first. He's my first skill position player. And then I went with another quarterback in the third. I'd feel pretty safe because I think on a weekly basis, especially with these questions around Jonathan Taylor and Josh Jacobs, Pollard signed the deal as soon as they offered it to him. He's ready to play football. Now they brought Zach Martin back. Tyron Smith looks healthy. Tyler Smith is healthy. Terrence Steele is healthy. And the Cowboys offense was rushing the ball the best when Zach was lined up next to Terrence Steele. Defenses aren't going to be able to stack the box because Brandon Cooks can fly. You know, is Schoonmaker is a better blocker than Dalton Schultz ever was. And they're going to be using him. To, like, so I think everything, as long as he stays healthy, he's the top five running back in the NFL this year. Yeah, that's the one thing that I told, I was having this conversation with somebody. I was like, if they, if the Cowboys would have signed Pollard to a long-term deal, I'd tell you, don't touch that man with a 10-foot right. pole. But because they tagged him, they, they are going to run him into the right. ground. And they've had all the opportunity to bring in a veteran back all off season and they have not. Right. So, you know, as much as like, and, and he can do it on, you know, 15 to 18 touches. Like he right. doesn't need to be that 25 touch a guy, you know, a game guy, but and, I, you know, and pay attention to the buzz that comes around Deuce Vaughn. Deuce Vaughn isn't an RB one, but Deuce Vaughn is electric and exciting. And Tony Pollard went into this off season thinking it's going to be my show. Mm-hmm. It's been Zeke since I got here. Feed me belly shirts. This is going to be my year to be on the covers of the magazines. And 
Deuce Vaughn is is like a cult icon already. And Pollard's going to hear that. And I think that might motivate him even more to show that, like, this is my offense. Yep. Well, there, people were blinded by the light, revved up like a deuce. I, yeah. Never the night. I like that. That reminds me of the movie Blow. I I just I just realized that I might have I I I may I may have just helped Seth with his keeper pick in a league that we are that's due this next weekend. So uh, Seth, that was just, already a foregone conclusion. Well, yes, you know you got to Sean uh, Watson there in the tenth. Watson's um, gonna, <laughs> gonna eat. He he was my pick actually. Deshaun Watson was my pick for the the player. I think that it's gonna tilt the scales this year because Cooper think, is so but, damn but, good. But, Elijah Moore so damn good. Then Cedric Tillman. <laughs> I think I think yeah. the, I think the Browns offense is going to surprise people. I, I uh, I'm definitely I think for me uh, Pollard and Chubb are like the two running backs where I'm just like man I want all of that all those guys on my squad. But Chubb's we'll, going to be we'll like see. Frank Gore. He's going to be running for a thousand yards oh, until he's like. 36. Don't tell Seth that that's like his wet dream. Yeah, dude. <laughs> think Chubb Chubb is like he's he's one of a kind. Yeah, I'm full, it, Chubb. It's gonna be <laughs> damn it. All right, let's just move right into this thing. Did we talk some football? We got five, we got 15 players there. Little bonus of action here and there too. So you know what? I'm, I don't like that. That was the last sentence. <laughs> heading heading into what we're about to head into, we need to true. make sure when 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 Randy releases this. <laughs> yeah, it's confirmed not for kids. Yeah, that this is that's I, when I put this out there. I had to be real careful about because I was trying to Google. I was trying to make sure I didn't miss anything. Thing. It doesn't matter what the topic is. I was to try to look up a list just to make sure I didn't miss an obvious one, right? Even if I'm not going to put it on my list, just to make sure. So I was like, animated movies, like, and I was going to be like, adult. An- no, how do I figure this out? Um, so our mock mock tonight is animated movies. We're going to keep it clean. This is a family podcast, despite what Seth tried to do here a second ago. But uh, we're we're doing five rounds because I, I'm I'm going to tell you people. I I tailored this a little bit to my boy Sheps. Cause I knew this would be kind of in his wheelhouse. He would just, he would smash this one home. I knew Seth would have some obscure stuff that we'd never heard of. Like he's brought the last two weeks that won't change. And I felt like I could, I could hold my own. Well, I started putting my list together. I'm a little bit concerned how I'm going to do here, but regardless, we're going to have a ton of fun and uh, I'm looking forward to this one. So we're doing five rounds. We're doing animated movies. So they don't need to be Disney or any, anything specific. It can just be animated. That's all. That's, that's the only parameter here. And I'm going to, as we have, I'm going to let the, the guest, Kick us off here with the one one. We are going to go snake. Um, so, uh, but five rounds and chefs, you're going to lead us off with the first pick. And then Seth will go, you, me. All right. I'm going to go with the Lion King. Ah, the Lion King yeah. is kind of, I think <laughs> Disney yeah. animation peaked at the Lion King. They didn't need Pixar to carry the brand back when they had the Lion King. Little John Sheps in second grade had the Lion King lunchbox. Here's a little story. I had a Lion King. Back in the day when you took tests, did you guys have to put folders oh, yeah. around your tests? Oh, yeah, so yeah. we had to put folders around our tests. Guess what? I'm in like second grade, you know, like learning to ha- about boundaries, right, in life. And on the inside of my Lion King folder is the days of the week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Guess what? Our test is on the days of the week. I didn't tell the teacher. I learned to cheat. I went down the wrong path. So the Lion King <laughs> is so I'm getting mixed little, signals here. On, on yeah. The Lion so star in this situation or yeah. uh, does the, the, I don't think the Lion King's responsible. Simba's not responsible, but I should have told my teacher. 
Sorry, Mrs. Drake. Anyway, the Lion King was where Disney peaked and my bedroom sat like everything was the Lion King. So phenomenal animated movie. They shouldn't have ever. Uh, Disney's on this kick where they're doing live action of all their cartoon movies. Just stop it. Just stop. Let the classics be. Yeah, you don't need to mess with a, with a good thing. It's already perfection, right? Yeah. So, yep. all right. I dig it. I've already learned a little bit more about John Shep. So this is already a success through one pick um seth what obscure ass random thing we've never heard of are you gonna choose here <laughs> i got a few picks to make those all right i gotta all right. i gotta pay respect he to, learned his lesson the after the the first one who john, john williams john yeah. williams <laughs> is the-, the greatest all right okay do not besmirch the name of john williams uh anyway uh, is he a musician, John Williams? Yeah, he's the guy that did the Star Wars soundtrack. Oh, that's right. Uh, yeah. And Jurassic Park and all, Jurassic all those Park. people. Yeah. yeah. It just, so the, the soundtrack the, but, of your childhood was John Williams. But the first week, hero. The first week, it was just guys named John. That was uh, that was the list. I know you who know? John Williams is. Yeah. Yeah. And, but like, I didn't know. Thank and you. he took him 102. I was like, he could have waited. <laughs> I had to put the respect on how important. When did I get drafted? Yeah, you had to be you had to be in the honorable mention. You know, we we couldn't we couldn't let the people know how highly rated you were because then they'd be clamoring for you a week early. Okay, and then G was going with a a like a Rambo situation, like all the deadliest Johns in the world. John uh, Wick, yes, John yes Wick 101, 101. John Wick. Yeah. All right, let's get back on. Yeah. Oh, all right, one hundred two, one hundred two. Yeah. So, uh, Lion King, hands down, one of the best movies ever made. Definitely the best Disney movie ever made. Uh, and a big part of that is the soundtrack to The Lion King, some of the best music out of all of it, uh, because, uh, yeah, it, Phil Collins is a genius. Uh, another great movie, uh, just because it is one of the classics, and, you know, it, there's arguments amongst my friends about if it's Lion King or this one, but I'm going to go with Aladdin as my number two. Um, and it it is it's just a, a hair under... Uh, Lion King for me in terms of uh, overall greatest uh, animated movies I've ever seen. So uh, Lion King for me at 102. Or sorry, I, I, I wanted Lion King at 102. <laughs> I will take Aladdin at 102. All right. Well, you took, I, I guess my list was all, I was all right because those are my first two. Um, so now my list steers away from Disney here. Um, at 103, I'm going to go with the OG Space Jam. Okay. Um, yeah, not, <laughs> All right. Yeah, oh, not, not this LeBron okay. crap, but the OG Space Jam with Michael Jordan was phenomenal. I know Michael Jordan wasn't animated, but I'm still saying this is animated because everything else was obviously. Um, but yeah, wow. just okay. just a just a baller of a movie. You know what I'm saying? So I'm gonna go with Space. Your Jam. culture points have gone up quite a bit right now, Kyle. <laughs> uh, well, the original. Uh, yeah, that the, soundtrack was also phenomenal. Oh, Aladdin, yeah. Lion King, Space Jam. Just put that on a three disc changer. Let's ride. You're yeah, you're rolling for sure. Yep. That'll get you through. Um, yeah, Space Jam. That was one of I just probably watched that way too many damn times. Um, but yeah, so I'm going 103. I'm going Space Jam. I'm going to turn it on the 201, and I'm going to go with the original Shrek. Um, oh, you just, I had that. You, you, you watch that. You watch that. It doesn't matter how old you are. Like every yeah. time I watch it, still I find something else that's just hilarious. So, um, <sighs> just yeah, that, those those two were pretty solid. The three and four for me. So I was pretty pumped that uh, that I had the turn here when I was looking at the order. So Space oh, Jam man. and Shrek. So Seth, uh, I hopefully I got you tilting a little now. bit. <laughs> I am devastated uh, well, because there's, there's multiple Shreks. 
Yes, yeah. they're, they're out there. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't take. Like, yeah, I'm just, yeah, I'm just gonna give you the, the Shrek franchise. So, uh, uh, all right. So, um, I'm gonna go with uh, a Pixar movie, and there are many, many great Pixar movies to choose from. Uh, but the one that's always been uh, closest to my heart is Monsters Inc. I just, mm. I love, I love the, the creativity of all the monsters, the, the whole story, everything. It just, it's amazing. Um, and John Goodman. No, so. no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, Monsters Inc. is a great movie. So I'm going to take that at the, in the second round here. So I actually had, if we're going franchises, right? So I'm good with whatever. I mean, we haven't tapped into it yet. So if we're doing franchises, well, this is going to give me an opportunity to talk about one without having to draft it. Okay. So it's a loophole that I'm going to secure. I like monsters university better than monsters Inc. Okay. All right. If you've seen it. So I I have that on my list. I don't have monsters Inc, but my, like my, my kids were kind of growing up when that one came out. It's, It's a fun movie. So I will mark that off. I won't draft it. But I was able to mention it. Uh, now here I am on the clock with my second selection. I'm going to go with another classic before I start going towards the newer movies. And there's two classics that are Disney. One of them came out around the time of The Lion King. You probably guess which one that is. But I'm actually going to go back a little bit further to Alice in Wonderland. This is an OG. Ooh, okay. Yeah, Alice in Wonderland. So it came down to Alice in Wonderland or Peter Pan for me. Two OG movies that remind me of my childhood. Alice in Wonderland reminds me of my childhood in my late teens uh, for altering reasons, but excellent movie, classic, good story, good characters. And it led to live action Disney movies that actually weren't terrible because Tim Burton was involved. (laughs) There you go. Nice. Yep. I dig it. So uh, round two, we had Shrek monsters, Inc and Alice in Wonderland. So we'll we'll kick off round three back to chefs. All right. Uh, I'm going to go with Rango. So Rango, oh, I, I mentioned nice. this to Kyle, and so, so when we when we talked about this, this is with Johnny Depp, and uh, who else is in this? You feel lucky, punk? Who's that guy? Oh, um, I mean, it wasn't Clint Eastwood, was it? Clint it was Eastwood. Just, Clint Eastwood's in it, dude. Oh. Yeah, he's he he's got like a. Oh, so Clint Eastwood's kind of like a uh, a fever dream or like a, a mirage to Rango. But it's about this, I think he's a gecko or a lizard, and he's uh, trying to find himself, and he gets knocked out of a car into a desert and winds up in some desert colony, and he becomes what he wants to be, and what he wants to be is somebody. So, great movie. All right. I, I have not <laughs> seen, I've not seen that one. I, I know. I, you did a good job finishing up that because Seth, it, it's frozen on the screen and he's got those ridiculous things. I mean, have you ever seen a frozen person like in our this world? Is now? Like, this, but is, this is I'm going to, I'm going to screen grab it real quick. I was that taken way, aback gonna... for a second and I kept rolling, but if you haven't seen Rango, you got, it, it, it's got a great story. You got to watch it. I got to send this to him. Uh, yeah. I'm going to send this to him. Here. There he is. Hey, oh, Seth. Oh, oh, I'm can, there. Oh, no. Can you see that? Can you see yourself? Unfortunately. Uh, I took a I took a screen grab. Don't worry. Ash, right? Uh, okay, that's great. You yeah. really like Rango. That's what happened. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I don't know what um, what happened there. Uh, everything else power-wise is fine. Uh, that's the second computer that's died on me in, like, the last hour. So that's fun. Yeah. Um, you need to go to uh, 
I can't. What's the name of the Radio Shack? You need to go to Radio Shack. <laughs> Good luck finding one of those. <laughs> uh, oh man, it was more of a '90s show. Uh, okay, sorry about that. Uh, technical difficulties. Um, where I, I it was Rango, right? It was yes. Okay, cool. Um, well, uh, man, I don't need my list because I have I have my uh, I, I had my list up, but I I know that the. the picks it's more of a how many of the cult classics do i go with because there's one more like mainstream movie that is just really really good um and i'm gonna take it i'm gonna go uh spider-man into the spider-verse um it, it, i know that there's been a, a couple more of those coming out since then but the I'm a sucker for an origin story. So the introduction to that style of animation, that character, Miles Morales, all of that stuff, that it was just a really well done movie and some great uh, voice actors in it as well. So uh, very entertaining. That movie, we'll go with that one. Did you see the second one? Uh, yes, I have. Speaking of origin stories, how they handled the first 15 minutes and they gave Gwen like hers. Bravo. Like that. Yeah, they they did a good job. Oh, so I could be a jerk and take who, who I know Seth has just left himself for the later rounds. And if this was a fantasy draft, I would do that. As well go for the full package. <laughs> I, I would, but I, I just, it would, it would deviate too much from my list. So, okay. um, so before I make this pick, I don't know that we ever settled and I'm good either way. It, are we doing franchises as a whole or are we going like, are they individuals? I was making a joke about it. So like we, you know, I'd say individuals. So you can still take Monsters University. Chips. So I, I, I'm going to go with, um, so I got back-to-back picks, 303-401. I'm going to go with Toy Story 2 specifically because I, I love Toy Story. It was, you know, it was, because I think that was the first Pixar movie, right? Or at least the first that I, I know of. But Toy um, Story 1. Toy yeah. Story 1 was the first Pixar movie. And that was a great movie, right? But the the second one I just felt was, it's rare for a sequel to be as good or in my opinion, better slightly than, than the original. So I just, I really loved that one. I thought they did a really good job with it. They didn't, nothing felt like that it was overdone or too, you know, where they just leaned too much on the first movie. So I'm going to go with toy story two at the, at the end of the third round. And then i coming back in the fourth round. Uh, I'm going to go with ants. No, I'm just kidding. I'm going to go huh. with a bug's life. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I'm gonna go with the bugs thing. life. <laughs> Same, you know, yes, exactly. DreamWorks and Pixar. I think someone left background story to this. Yes, a person who was with Pixar when they pitched the idea left Pixar, went to DreamWorks, worked on Ants, and then Pixar was like, "We need to get going on this," and they started. I, I swear. <laughs> so they were like working on around the same time both of those mm-hmm. movies it's weird how that happens yeah they came yeah they came out real close to each other i i give a, i give the nod to a bug's life i just thought that was it's your favorite uh, disney ride that what's my my that favorite? that is your bug's life is your favorite oh i didn't even know they had a had a ride <laughs> in the tree and the tree of life and it's a it was a joke because it's not fun at all oh but <laughs> it's like a 3d movie oh i must have missed that man you and you missed the joke Oh, uh, damn. I'm going to, uh, my wife would not be very, she would be disappointed in me for sure. Well, 
Tell her I tell her I tried tossing that up to you and you missed. (laughs) She tried, she tried working her way onto the show, to be honest. She's like, Well, if you're I mean, this could be a Disney thing. Like, no, 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 animated movie. She's like, (laughs) but uh, so I'll go Toy Story 2 and a bug's life. I'm not sure that that's gonna any groundbreaking selections there, but I feel like I'm I'm getting a safe double here. (laughs) All right, Seth. All right. Um, I'm wishing I did have my list because I regret my last pick because that means this this pick I'm going to take right now, which is the correct pick, prevents me from taking two of the uh, of the obscure ones that nobody's going to get. But uh, it has to happen. Um, Despicable Me is is really stinking good. Um, And yeah, just that that whole movie. I like I. I don't care about all the minion stuff. It, it, that's gone a little bit too crazy for me, but just the whole, the whole premise execution. Uh, yeah. That movie is fantastic. I love it. Minions is a good movie too. Mm-hmm. Like the fur, the minions one when like, that's a, a very good film. Yeah. I that, like it. Like they've turned into Pokemon into like Pikachu and minions are everywhere. Right. So. right. <laughs> yeah. I get it. And then now there's child, there's kid grew. Yeah. So, yeah. all right. I'm on the clock. Yeah, man, I have I have a list of a few Disney movies and Pixar movies. So, so far, I have The Lion King, Alice in Wonderland and Rango. Um, so I'm going to stick on brand here. Uh, I'm going to go with Wally. Yeah, Wally kind of that's another one like Rango tugs in my heartstrings because it's like a guy who doesn't know who he is. And he kind of creates his own identity and goes with it and finds out who he is. Wally tugs in my heartstrings because it's a hopeless romantic. Wally, you know, he's just kind of cleaning up the earth, doing his job, falls in love, chases his love. You know, good movie, good overall message. And now the last one I'm going to go with. There are so many choices. Uh, go ahead. We'll do we'll do an honorable mention at the end. So I'll give you a, I'll give you a, a minute or two after we're done too. So. Because uh, okay. I don't want I don't want to lose all these all these good ones. Yeah. So all right. So then I'm gonna go with one that uh, I'm gonna go with Dragon Ball Super uh, Broly uh, because this <laughs> yeah. was the first movie that my son was probably like seven or eight, and I started watching Dragon Ball when he was like five or six because I wanted to be able to watch it together. It starts out very young, and then the characters evolve and kind of grow up, and the show gets a little. So this was the first time. This was a show we liked together that we were actually in, in, in Dragon Balls from like the 80s. So the animation's not very good. You know, this was now the animation's phenomenal. The sound cast is phenomenal and it's on the big screen. So this was the first time I was able to sit down in front of the big screen and watch something with my son that was something we enjoyed. So uh, Dragon Ball Super Broly is, is my final selection. All right. Nice. That's strong start to round five. Seth, you got the, your last pick here. What do you got? Yeah, man, I'm, I'm torn. There's like 27 different ones I want to go for. But there's an honorable mention after this, so I'll go with it. But uh, uh, I'm going to go with the Fantastic Mr. Fox. Hmm. That movie is, it's it's weird, it's odd, and it's, it's spectacular to me. Uh, so many great actors are in that movie. Um, and the just... It, it, it has that kind of weird humor that I enjoy, but a lot of other people don't, and that's okay. You know, I also like IPA, so sue me. But, <laughs> but uh, yeah, a fantastic extra fox is is a uh, is a classic for me. So I don't know if Seth is screwing with me, 
or whether he just doesn't didn't have this on his list but i'm like i'm afraid to take who like i want i had this spot reserved for either two ways and chef's kind of tipped the scale so i kind of had the like i gotta take i was gonna take this movie because it just speaks to the stupidity that i usually treat these drafts with and how like just simple i minded i am but i'm gonna go the other route i'm gonna go i'm gonna go with like the what meant the most and to me this movie i don't even know if i remember a ton about the movie like i remember parts of it i don't remember it being a great movie but i just remember like at the time it was just something i was just so into it just felt so big and so i'm gonna go with pokemon the first movie um because at that time i was like so into that stuff I remember going to the theater and they gave you like this Mew card, like that was like it was only like, or something. Old, it's like no, this is shiny plastic. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. Like all the promotion around that, and like I remember if you bought the like the VHS or DVD or whatever the hell it was at the time, like you also got another promo Pokemon yep. card. And um, I also remember thinking even back then, like there is no way this fad lasts forever. And all my friends' kids right. are still running around doing this stuff. It's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. 10-year-old at 25 years into his tenure. So <laughs> Blake Martinez retired, yes. made more money selling Pokemon cards than he did in his NFL career. Yeah, did you hear that they banned him off of yeah, uh, yeah. He's a scammer? <laughs> yes. But theme songs. We talked about John Williams earlier, Jurassic Park. Mm-hmm. The theme song to the Pokemon franchise. Oh, yeah. You want to get fired up in the morning? That <laughs> needs to be my alarm every morning. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Ash Ketchum. I want to be the best, uh, you know, get, every day I wake up, hat. my son gets out of bed. I say, I mean, you catch them all yet. He says, no, I said, you better get to it. All right, that's that's awesome. how we start our day. I love it. Yeah. So I went with, I went the Pokemon, the first movie had, had to go that route. So I got, I got a few honorable mentions, but I know you gentlemen do too. And you'll make mine look bad. So I'll let you guys kick it off. Why not? So uh, chefs, who was who, on your list that didn't make the five round draft. So I got three honorable mentions. One of them being Moana. I think Moana is better than Frozen. I think it's better than Coco. The music's better. Story's better. Excellent movie. Nightmare Before Christmas, I almost selected. That's phenomenal. My son listened to that on repeat. That (laughs) soundtrack played in our car for about two years. (laughs) Didn't matter the month. Didn't matter the day. Uh, And then finally, Beauty and the Beast. So it was a toss-up between The Lion King and Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. Beauty and the Beast was another one of those movies I grew up. It was absolutely huge. So th- those are my three honorable mentions. Awesome. Good stuff. Chef, uh, Seth, you got, uh, I, you have no computer. So yeah. So <laughs> if, if the computer thing hadn't happened, I wouldn't have been uh, panicking and panic picking Spider-Man, which is a fantastic movie. Don't get me wrong, but Emperor's New Groove is there. The it was uh, the most underrated Disney movie of all time. Not the best, but the most underrated out of all of them, Patrick Warburton, John Goodman again, even David Spade did something with Greer besides Joe Dierte. Uh, it's oh, so good. So good. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm in shambles over here uh, thinking about how I messed that one up. But um, another couple of ones, The Great Mouse Detective uh, is old, old school one that I really enjoyed. Uh, Treasure Planet. Mm. You guys remember that one? Yeah. Is a uh, space uh, uh, um, not uh, Captain Jack Sparrow. God damn it! It's kind of like um. Caribbean has ruined me. Treasure it, Island. It's like a uh, steampunk ish. Yeah. 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 So, um, so that was that was a fun one. Uh, Land Before Time. Oh man. <laughs> that, 
I, I, I go to therapy because of that movie. <laughs> what was what were the things called? The sorry, Seth, you might have said it, you cut out. What was the like tree the star. tree star? That was it. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Uh I, I could keep going on, but I'll I'll stop. But yeah. When I was Googling this stuff just to make sure I wasn't missing anything obvious, there were some movies that I saw where I'm like, I remember enjoying that for a time. And like there were certain scenes in the movie that like scared the living hell out of you, like as a, like a young kid. Um, like I think of Brave Little Toaster. Like I remember loving oh. that movie so much, but then like the furnace thing like scared me to death. All Dogs Go to Heaven. That was also like a scar, like scarred yes. me movie. Like, oh my God. <laughs> right. Um, but, yeah, it was there were just some like that but my three honorable mentions um i had um had cars because i'm a nascar fan so there were a ton of cameos in that life's a highway so it's such a good movie um just didn't would have been my pick in round six probably um <laughs> the other movie that i was debating between just because again just so like simple i am eight crazy nights uh just because i'm a sucker for crappy adam sandler movies um, and that was one of them. Uh, when I Googled that just to see what the Rotten Tomatoes was on, it was like 13%, which again is pretty par for the course. And then I was going to slide in um, a year without a Santa Claus, even though it's like obviously a Christmas movie, but it's animated. And that's my favorite Christmas movie. So I was going to use that if I got in a pickle. Um, but luckily I had enough on my list. So I'll, I'll just throw that one out there. A year without a Santa Claus. Uh, that's the Heat Miser one. Yeah, yeah that's my go-to. So. Great. Mention the original The Hobbit animated. Mm. Yes. <laughs> uh, I, I have never seen that, but my sister's a Lord of the Rings freak, and I'm pretty sure she would disagree with you. But <laughs> I hated it when I would always watch that movie over and over again. So good. Uh, that's too funny. Well, uh, this was a ton of fun. I'm glad that I held my own. I felt like enough. Um, but uh, well. yeah, that, this was this was definitely. A ton of fun. So, Sheps, honestly, man, it was great freaking talking to you. It's been too long since we've been able to do a pod together. Um, it's probably been a couple of years. I know we were doing shows. Like, we were just guessing back and forth, and we were on the Warzone a bunch. We had you on the fellas at least. It felt like three to four times. I know we crowned you a bunch of times as the most frequent guest that we had on a given season um, and had you on so many you know times throughout those years, and it was just so much fun to catch up with you. So, um just real quick though just one last time for the people that are still hanging around because the mock mock again best part of the show uh where can people find your work and like where, when your shows when do your shows drop yeah man so uh my weekly show is tuesdays at 8 p.m uh you can find my work on toiletstitles.com our twitter handle is at toiletstitles and my handle is at coach sheps i'm talking fantasy i'm talking nfl draft dallas cowboys you know i got content kind of going out almost every other day i already started my nfl draft player profiles so uh whatever you're looking for there's a good chance we got it so you can check us out guys thank you for for asking me to come on on your reunion tour like dude i can't can't beat it i'm glad like you guys are gonna slip away again and i'm glad i got a chance to to speak with you like this feel it feels like it hasn't even it feels like it's been too long but sitting in and talking to you guys feels like it hasn't been long which is a good feeling yeah, that it's been. I, I I talked to Memphis uh, earlier today, and I was like, this felt like just jumping back on like a bike, you know. And I I took like eight, almost eight months off, so just hosting, you know, I was a little bit worried, and I did so many solo shows, and but Seth and I picked it right up, and and yeah, I mean the feelings mutual, man. It just so it's always been easy talking talking football with you, uh, and and it's been a, a ton of fun, kind of bringing that all back and all those feelings, you know, start coming up. So uh, this was a ton of fun. So. 
Uh, for Sheps, for Seth, or I'll, I'll sign off for him He's because he's been dealing with the technical issues. But he overcame it. He came back uh, to wrap up the mock mock draft. Uh, Seth and I will be back next week. We're going to be giving you guys all everything that you need to know. It'll be the one-stop shop for all those last-minute draft pieces of advice because we know that next weekend uh, is a big one for, for drafts. The weekend before Labor Day is usually pretty heavy on draft season. So for Sheps, Seth, and myself, appreciate all you guys listening. We'll catch you next week. See ya. Right here. Yeah, I like the ball, like the ball season, and all the things that go with it. They good, but you great. Exactly how we wanted to come in here and get it done. I love it, baby. One more, what you want to do? One more, what you want to do? This is the best job in the world. This is the best job in the world.